Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I am your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and I have another badass guest for you guys. His name is Mark Helper, and say hello. Hey, how are you guys? So let's jump right into it and kind of tell the audience who you are, what you do, and how you got into the industry. Sure. So uh, I live in Las Vegas. I'm originally from New York. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm a dietitian. I'm a personal trainer. But above all, I like chocolate and chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) And I'm not one of these, you know, uh, you know, going to eat egg whites all day. And, you know, I I think I can relate. And um, beyond that, I I, I hike. I'm a sucker for dogs. I I think you are, too. But uh, we have three. And then my wife found a fourth one. So, uh, you know, I'm a strength coach in RD, but above all, I just, I get suckered by dogs. That's my, that's my MO. <laughs> nice. You basically have like a doggy daycare on the side. <laughs> right. That's going to be it. Like you could drop yeah. off your dog, find out what to eat, you know, work out. That'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and then how I got into the industry, I, uh, I'm sure we'll touch upon it later, but I lost a bunch of weight and, uh, decided to go to school for, I was between that and being a stockbroker. So, and it was, this is before 2009, the stock crash. So I picked, I, I made a good choice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So now touching on your weight loss story, can you kind of tell the audience how that whole thing happened and kind of what was going through your mind at the time where you decided to finally get healthy? Yeah. You know, I was, uh, I was in high school, so obviously a little bit easier to lose weight when you're 16 as opposed to being older. But, uh, really the main motivation was, uh, you know, girls, yeah, you're in high school, you're a dude and, uh, got to look good for the ladies. So I, I just, that's how I started. And you know what, to be honest, you know, I always think about it every year. I'm like, it happened so fast, you know, like I don't even remember like much of it. It's just, it just happened so fast. You know, I joined the gym, had some really cool people help me along the way. And, you know, that's really what I've been trying to do the rest of my career is uh, reverse engineer how I did that and, and how to make it easy for other people. So what did you do exactly? Was it like a certain diet or did you just start exercising more? Like what kind of led you into your decision? Yeah, I uh, forged my mom's signature to join the gym. <laughs> she thought I'd get hurt and she was right, obviously. But, you know. Uh, it, it worked out for the best, but yeah, I joined the gym with a couple buddies and we just lifted every day. And, and if one of us didn't, didn't show up, we'd be at each other's house, you know, Hey, let's go. Uh, so it was that accountability that was huge. And I really didn't know much about nutrition. I remember I stopped drinking, uh, so much like sweetened iced tea and, and I, w- I wasn't a soda guy, but it was the sweetened iced tea and, and, um, all the caloric beverages. And, uh, I mean, it just, that's how it happened. And then, you know, you, you hear things at the gym, uh, you know, about macros and more protein and things like that. So over time I, I picked some things up, some good, some bad, but, uh, you know, it didn't take much just lifting five days a week and, and, uh, starting to run a little bit, it, it came right off. So, you know, that's why I always tell people like I lost 75 pounds. I could relate, but at the same time I can't, you know, it was a perfect storm. I was 16. I didn't have a job, you know, um, everything was kind of taken care of for me. So while I can relate, it's, it's a lot difficult as an adult, you know, you have, uh, you know, jobs and kids and other engagements. So, uh, I did it, but at the same time, you know, I I think it'd be naive to say it's easy, you know, but, uh, back when you have every, if you don't have to work and your job is just work out, it's not a bad gig. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like I, uh, went through like, honestly, the same situation you did where in high school I lost 60 pounds, but it was like, 
I would go to the gym every day because I had time and it got like addictive. So I was like, oh, this is actually pretty easy. But then when you get into like the actual fitness industry, people have yeah a job that they work 70 hours a week. They have three kids yeah. and they're like, God, I hate my life. I don't want to spend another hour. Right. Living. Like the last thing you want to do is go, go lift or at least their perception of what gyms are. You know, I think, you know, guys like you and, and a lot of other people are, are really changing, you know, where it's more of a fun community. I think community is very big in the last couple of years in the fitness industry. And I think, uh, that emphasis is helping people, but at the same time, you know, it's, like you said, all these commitments, three kids, all that. It's, I mean, I struggled. I, I took on, um, we have a PGA owned golf course here that I was helping run their fitness center. So I was working a lot like earlier this year and like all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I haven't worked out in like a week. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, I get it. You know? So it, it, it's, it has to, anytime you add working out in, it has to replace something else in your life. And that's a tough, that's a tough decision. So what do you do with your clients to kind of almost push them in the right direction to make fitness a priority and kind of get them motivated and kind of excited that, Hey, this exercise thing's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, as a dietitian as well, it's usually one or the other and I let them decide and I let them decide when they're ready for the other. Um, you know, a lot of times you'll see people, uh, you know, Hey, I'm ready for this, right? Give me the hardest diet. Give me the hardest exercise program. I'm ready. This is, you know, this is the new me. And, you and I both know that's 99% of the time that's not going to happen. Uh, but you know, what I push is one or the other, you know, Hey, let's get the nutrition down and then let's do this. Or, Hey, let's just exercise. We'll talk about nutrition later. And then inevitably after a few weeks, they ask, they take the next steps like, Hey, you know, I should add in exercise. What should I do? And you know, it's small steps. I always advise, you know, don't think you're going to all of a sudden, do five hours a week and, and go to the gym because you got to remember going to the gym also takes driving time and, and planning around it. Um, I also, I don't encourage people spending all this money on exercise equipment right away because, you know, prove to yourself first that you're going to go use it. Um, you know, if you have stairs in your house, you really don't need a treadmill. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can get it down the line, but yeah, I guess the simple answer there is start with one or the other. And when you're ready, you'll start, you'll start doing some things. And, uh, with nutrition, you know, with a lot of times it's, you'll plateau and that's when you'll mention things like, you know, resistance training and, and all that. So, uh, the key there is you decide, uh, and, and you'll, you'll have a better chance at it. Yeah. I think, um, I, I personally like taking a brand new client and getting them just to focus on one thing at a time. Right. Because if you like throw like 10 things, here's 30 rules that you can't eat this, you can't do that. They're going to be like a fuck this <laughs> yeah i mean just show up you know just show up everything else will take care of itself and, and let it let it kind of go where it's going to go you know but this is a tough industry right i mean you have to get people quick enough results so that they stick around but also in a way that is going to be sustainable so it's always a balancing act yeah like i find i remember my old personal training job at another gym the owner always said that if you're not getting your client the results they want you're failing as a coach, but at, like, I get it. But at the same time, there's sometimes you'll have clients where, you know, they're just exercising because they know they need to do it, but it's still not a priority, but they keep showing up and eventually say like one year down the road, two years down the road, they're like, okay, I'm going to make this a priority. What do I need to do? And right. I still see that as like a success because they know they need to do it, but eventually it just comes over them. They're like, okay, I'm ready. 
Yeah, and this way you're not getting so obsessed over results. You know, um, I'm starting to use a contract now that basically I have people sign, and it, I just lay it out. I say, look, it's probably not going to work perfectly the first time. You know, there's going to be ups and downs. It's how you handle it. Uh, you know, how you handle those downs and what to expect. You know, um, I, I think a lot of the issues in our field is perception and what people expect when they walk in. And I think you just have to be real with them. Be like, look, this is not, we can make it, make it as accessible and as simple as we can, but bottom line is, man, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard because we have other commitments and things and it's not on the, on the priority list. So I just think being upfront and, uh, knowing what you're getting into. And I think you'll have much more success that way. So when you're, uh, coaching nutrition, what's kind of your style? Do you kind of tell them like, here's some habits you should follow, here's a macro plan or here's like a meal plan. What's your kind of take? Sort of none of those things. You know, I think people get scared away by the word habit. It's been so overused the last year Mm -hmm. where it's like people think habit, people think slow, too easy, you know, even that's, this is perception. Oh, too easy. And it's not going to get me quick results. I I think that's what people hear when they hear that, that Mm -hmm. term. Uh, you know, what I use, what I always struggled with was, okay, you know, in, in exercise, we have systems, right? I mean, if you're, a, if you're a Dan John guy, it's push, pull, hinge, squat, carry. And there's so many different systems and they all work. Uh, with nutrition, there's no like guide, like there's no system. Uh, so what I've been doing is I have a point system that's working quite well where we look at the major uh, things we need to look at. So sleep. Uh, portions, meal structure in terms of what I mean by that is how many meals do you eat for a day and, and how many times do you snack or, or vice versa. Uh, we also look at um, exercise and quality of food. So it's on one sheet of paper and I have them graded a one or a two, you know, one if you didn't do it, two if you did do it, and then just take some notes. And I found that's helping a lot because it, it, it takes one, it streamlines my coaching instead of talking about a bunch of stuff that we kind of put together, this puts it on one piece of paper. It gets people thinking. And what we do is we take the points every week and we graph it, oh. uh, as a, as a bar graph. And then we put results as a line graph and we can actually see trends. Um, so, you know, habits, macros, all those things are just tools that if you have in the right system, you could use them at different times. You know, I have, I don't usually have people count calories or deal with calories, but some people come to me already doing that. So instead of saying, no, 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 let's do it another way. We kind of work with what they have within my system. And some people do macros and some people are just, you know, some people are, are, you know, when we talk about habits, some people just need to get more sleep or some people just need to drink a little more water and just get these, those little wins. But, uh, I look at those as tools, not a system. And, uh, if you have a system, all those things fit in quite nicely. Yeah. I really like the idea of a point system. Cause then it's like a visual, like reminder that, Oh, I only got 14 points today. So tomorrow I got to make sure I do this, this and that. Right. Right. And, and I use it more as not of a a scolding tool or, oh, you didn't do this. It's more of a conversation, right? It's like, okay, look, you're doing great, uh, but here's our gaps, right? And, you know, and then we can, we can infuse knowledge or, or, or skills within that gap. So I think, you know, we're humans. I mean, we're, we're terrible when it comes to, you know, being honest with ourselves. So I think graphically seeing it, like, you know what, I, I, I thought it was this, but you know what? I'm getting five hours a night of sleep. It almost doesn't matter, you know? So let me work on that first. Or maybe it's, maybe you think you're really awesome at 
uh, quality of food, but you know what? I mean, you're eating, you know, nonstop without any structure, you're, you're overeating. So it just highlights things without, you know, I always like when, when people come to their own conclusions because you're more likely to do something about it than me just telling you. So when you can see it graphically and you can see your gaps, I think it makes a huge difference. Now, how like successful do you have people actually doing that on a daily basis compared to like people where they'll just eat it up? They're like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. No problem. <laughs> I mean, there's always a small percentage that, yeah. uh, you know, do that. But I would say 90% of people are doing awesome with it because it's literally one sheet of paper and it takes about 30 seconds a day. Uh, so, you, you know, the easier you can make it, the better. You know, I think like tools like MyFitnessPal are awesome, but people fall off because it's kind of a pain in the butt sometimes. Yeah. You know, so I, I have people just print it out put a one or two, take a note if they need to take a note. And then they can, at the end of the week, they just, uh, take a picture of it on their phone and send it. So, uh, it's just super easy and it keeps people in the game. You know, I, I used to be a big food journal guy. Not that I'm, I'm not, but I don't use it all the time because sometimes food journals become overwhelming for people. You know, they're just kind of sick of doing it. So I try to keep it even simpler than that. I think it's also great a great tool that you came up with because now it's also building awareness of what they're doing because they right. might not even know that, oh, I actually sleep like crap. <laughs> right. And then right. That's, that's something I need to work on. Yeah, and things like that become the new normal, you know, like, oh, wow, you know, I just, I thought it was normal feeling like a zombie all day. And, and that's a lot of us, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's only so much time in the day and that's, that's a tough one. Um, I also include, I have people plan and, and, that this past year, really, I found when I've asked people to plan ahead more than three days of eating, they fall apart, like fall apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I think it's just such a daunting thing that, I, wow, I have to know what I'm eating more than three days from now. So my rule is you just have to know what you're eating tomorrow. Just know what you're eating tomorrow. I mean, if you can plan out further, that's awesome. But uh, just just do that. And really what I've, what I've come to is a food journal is retrospective. Here's what I did, you know, and you know, you've seen it. It's like some people get it done in homeroom, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I just had this, this, this. Whereas if you plan out at least a day, you're almost pre-filling in a food journal. And this way your food journaling is really just putting a check mark next to what you did. Cause you already planned it out. Uh, so I've been going a little bit more proactive in that sense, uh, in terms of planning instead of just food journaling. And, uh, that's really helped too, because, it gets people thinking about the next day. It gets people doing a little bit of food prep at night if they have to. Uh, and it just gets people in the right mindset rather than, well, all right, I already ate that, so I'll just write that down, you know? Yeah. Do you think meal prep's kind of a kind of a key to success, or can people kind of just go day-to-day and kind of find whatever they need to find? Yeah, it depends. It depends on your schedule. If you can cook at home, you know, or, or have someone who can – it's great. If you're so busy and you're the only one who prepares food, you might have to do some food prep. But uh, I'm not so big on it because me personally, I hate leftovers. I just <laughs> I, I just don't like them. I don't really do much food prepping myself. Um, but I think there's a happy medium there. I think having the groceries on hand and if, uh, if, if you could save time by maybe pre-chopping something or, uh, you know, I think the big one is a crock pot uh, that a lot of people use. And even that could be daunting if you have to put that thing together in the morning and, and then 
set it and forget it. So what I do is I have a lot of people do it the night before where they'll prep the crock pot, keep it in the fridge, and then in the morning just just put it on on the heater. So, you know, food prep is important. I think planning in terms of just having things on hand are more important. And let's face it, a lot of people eat out, and it's a convenience. So uh, sort of planning that those menus, knowing what's around you and knowing you can get a healthy option I think is key. Um, so food, food prepping – it depends on the person, really. Um, if someone had to eat out all the time because their job just involves that, as mm-hmm. a dietitian, what would you recommend that's kind of like a big chain or anything like that for most people who would know around the world? Yeah, I mean, that's always a tough one, right? Is like, how do you even know what's healthy and are we so yeah. sick of salads? You know, I think that's everyone's go-to. Like, I'll just order a salad, you know? Mm-hmm. And then by Thursday or Friday, you're like, whatever, I'm just going to order a burger. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would say one of my favorites is going to the grocery store. Most grocery stores now have deli sections with prepped food, you know, sandwiches, yep. all those things. So uh, there's nothing wrong with a sandwich or a wrap. You know, it's not perfect, but it's it's built in portion, right? You buy one sandwich, you're done with it. Uh, it usually has protein, it usually has a couple of veggies on it, and you're done. Um, so I would say sandwiches or wraps, uh, rotisserie chickens from places like that are great. You can get a side of a vegetable. Um, in terms of chains, I mean, you got the Applebee's and those things and the chilies, and you could always get a, a soup, a soup and a salad, or soup and half a sandwich. But uh, uh, it really just depends where you are. And most of the time with a little bit of, uh, road work, you can bring your own lunch with very little prep. You know, if you buy some lunch meat or make up some tuna salad and, and do that. So I, I always start people, okay, here are some healthy options at these places. And then we usually wean off that and just bring our own food. Yeah. What do you, yeah. did you ever read or watch that video of the, uh, I think I don't know if he was a trainer or just a fitness enthusiast, but he ate Chipotle for like three months and lost <laughs> a bunch of weight. Like, what do you think about that? I didn't see that. No. <laughs> yeah, like I can't remember. I think he might have been in Toronto, and he would just like pass over the border because I didn't think at the time they had Chipotle in Canada in there, <laughs> and he just ate there every day to prove a point that you can go out and you know eat whatever the hell you want. But you know, I think he calculated his macros and things like that, but just to prove mm-hmm. a point that you could eat a Chipotle and still lose weight. Yeah. I mean, you can do it, but really who can, right? I mean, yeah. so it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, just like, you know, years ago, the professor who ate nothing but candy bars yeah. to prove a point that, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's just calories in calories out. I mean, you can do all those things, but will you, you know, yeah. uh, and eating out, look, eating out gets expensive too. Chipotle. Every time you go to Chipotle, it's eight to 10 bucks minimum. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's like $35 if you want guacamole. So, Chipotle is good. It's still fast food. I mean, let's be honest. And and anytime you get something like that, you you tend to overeat, right? The portions are a little bigger than you'd make at home. Mm -hmm. Um, The calories are always a little higher. So, you can do it. I I work with some people who do it, but their nutrition knowledge is a little bit higher than a lot of people. You know, they kind of pay attention to the macros, they know what things are. Um, Most people don't really care. They just, look, tell me how to lose weight, man. And, and, they're not going to put the time into, nor should they, to counting macros or anything like that. So with coaching your own clients, since you went through your own transformation, do you think you have an advantage compared to like another coach that played high-level sports his whole life and was always fit? Yeah, I do. Uh, I think 
and what, what a troubling, I think it's getting better, but a troubling trend in our industry and just in society in general is that people who have never been through a struggle like that just point to laziness. Like, oh, that person's just lazy, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't see, I don't believe in that at all. You know, I also, I, I think laziness is a real thing and we all possess it in certain times, you know, like every Sunday I'm lazy, yeah. but it doesn't, I think sometimes we label people and we label ourselves as, Hey, we're, I'm just a lazy person, so I can't do it. And I totally disagree with that. I think people who think that way are just uninspired and, and they lack knowledge and, and they lack the right support. So I think that's the big advantage. Hey, I've been through there. I couldn't have done it alone and most people can't. So you know, people who haven't been through those struggles, not everybody, but some people are, oh, well, those people are just lazy. I don't know why they see it like that. And there's, it's such a complicated question. You know, you don't know what that person's medical things are, what their past are, you know, there's, there's so many confounding variables there that to label someone as lazy, I, I don't like. And, um, I, I think it's almost become a societal norm where, you know, I'll get clients who call me up and, you know, interested in services be like, oh, but I'm just lazy. It's like, no, you're just uninspired. You know, let's, let's, what, what, what is this change going to do for you? And, and just get them, get them a little pumped up. So I, I think that's the advantage I have. You know, like I said earlier, I lost weight so quick and I was young. Um, you know, plenty of people have had a harder struggle than me. So, uh, you know, I get it. Well, like even if your weight loss is that fast, you still kind of understand that, Hey, before I was overweight, like bad self-esteem, didn't feel good about myself. But the moment I started moving, and eating better, I felt great. And you can kind of, you know, relate to them that way, but their process will just be a little slower. Yeah, it's slower. And, you know, it's, it's, it's always tempting as a coach. You just want to grab me like, no, trust me, just stay with yeah. it. You know, and it's like, it, it's a tough thing, but, uh, yeah, it, it is tough. And one of the other things I felt was tough too, is people look at you differently, uh, before and after, right. And yeah. their perception of you changes and it. It's like, it shouldn't, you're the same person, but, uh, it's definitely, I definitely have conversations with people. I'm like, look, be careful what you wish for sometimes. I mean, just know that there's going to be, still be challenges when you lose the weight because, uh, people are going to look at you different, treat you differently. Uh, and along the way, some people might try to sabotage you because it's, it's that inner, whether it's conscious or not, that defensiveness that, Hey, I'm changing and, and you know, you're not. So a lot of pitfalls before and after. And, uh, you know, I try to guide people through that. It's not just this simple go on a diet to a program. All of a sudden your life is great. You know, there's yeah. definitely, there's definitely adjustments there. That's huge though. Cause I've seen like over the years with clients where, you know, one of the spouses loses all this weight, feels great. And then the other one gets jealous and either cuts their funds off to the gym or, you know, right. just the relationship just like deteriorates from there. Yeah. And it's tough. You know, the, if, if you get into the gym and you start doing things, you, you might meet new friends who are, have same interests, interests as you and your spouse might not. And, uh, it becomes a new lifestyle. Uh, so, you know, one of the keys to success, especially with couples is you got to do it together or at least be supportive of each other. You know, um, you've heard, I mean, I've heard horror stories, you know, divorces happening, yeah. and, you know, like the, the wife or the husband is bringing home pizza. And, um, it's, it's definitely something to be talked about before any of it starts, you know, it, it's always tough to do in the middle of it. But, uh, you know, I think there's that defensiveness, um, I don't know about jealousy, but there's definitely that people get defensive when you start changing and they don't, and, and you're different, you know, you're different from the pack now. And, uh, 
people try to keep that to a minimum. So it, it, it's tough. And I'm sure you've heard stories too, where people all of a sudden they lost the weight and they're in shape and they get a, they get a promotion that they probably should have gotten earlier. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. People, people treat you different. Oh, definitely. You so know? what would your best approach be if like you had a new client and they're, they told you say, Hey, my husband's not the greatest person when it comes to health. What would be the best way to approach him to make sure that he uh, supports me throughout the whole process? Well, I think you have to have a meeting all together. Yeah. I think that's number one. You all have to be in the same room. You got to lay it all out and say, look, this is what's going to happen. Are you in or are you going to be supportive or not? And here's how you can be supportive. And uh, secondly, you know, let's say it's that husband who's not the biggest in health. He has to understand that, you know, the wife or whoever isn't going to judge him after she gets success. Cause I think that's the, that's the scare, you know, that's, that's the fear. And, uh, normally whenever we've had, you know, those, those meetings with everybody, it works when it's separate, it's really tough, you know, because I don't have a connection with that other person and they're trying to sabotage it. So I would say you have to be in the same room upon starting and just be on the same page there. Yeah. Cause I find it tough when like, it's usually my female clients that uh, right. will tell me like, yeah, it's so hard to eat healthy. I come home, my husband just brings like three chocolate bars and that's his dinner. <laughs> like, man, I can only imagine. Like, I feel bad because... That sounds delicious. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it's always like their husbands have like a really high metabolism. They don't gain a pound or anything like that. And then right. their wives are like busting their ass. They drop one pound. Right. I mean... It's tough, right? I mean, guys are, it's always a little easier for us, right? We just stop drinking beer and we can lose 15 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, in that sense, it, it's, it is tough, but I think important in that situation is having a community. It doesn't have to be the spouse. It could be other women at the gym or other people at the gym. As long as you have some sort of refuge there and, and support system, I think you'll be okay. That's why I really like the whole like semi-private model now that almost right. everybody's going into. Because you can even see, like, when I train three women, they start talking to each other, they start becoming friends, they're on Facebook together, and then they all start nagging about their husbands about how they're not actually (laughs) female, right? So at least they have that small community, and, like, I absolutely love that, because when I see them, even when they finish their session, they're still talking, they go to the front desk, they're still talking, in the parking lot, still talking, right? Like... I think that's yeah. a huge, huge thing. Well, well, that's the community aspect, right? I mean, you're, there's a lot more high fives. There's a lot more, you know, people know each other by first names. They know that if you don't show up to the gym, people might text you, hey, where are you? You know, like yeah. we missed your Saturday at nine. So just having that support system is just key. And uh, hey, you know what? They, they'll get in better shape and they'll put their husbands on notice, right? That's why I don't like the whole, uh, like the big box gym model anymore. And I used right. to work at one and... It, it just the way it's set up is so stupid it's like you sign up on a contract that you can't get out of number one <laughs> right <laughs> number two they like show you that little like circuit for your whole body you probably right. come in like maybe two months consecutively and then after that you just fall off and then they just rely on more people coming in and they continue paying the monthly fee and that's it yeah you know what it's good for the person who just likes to work out alone they've done it for years they're just gym rats and they just want yeah. a lot of equipment and that works, but that's, that's not the majority of people, you know, that's maybe 10%. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't like big health clubs. Uh, you know, I'm in good shape, you know, I'm in the industry. I feel judged and I can only imagine how someone, uh, 
you know, walking in feels, I mean, it's just such a big, you know, big bright lights, all this equipment that you have no idea what it does, you know, um, it's, it's, I don't like that model either. I, I, I like the semi-private. I like where things are going. I like the whole uh, garage gym trend now. I think it's cool, you know, where, you know, because I used to live in Utah, so I was with uh, Dan John a lot. And you know what? We open up his garage, we move the car, and a bunch of people show up and we work out. And then, you know, we go home. So I think that community aspect is definitely, you know, you look at trends in the industry, I think community and environment have been the number one and two things uh, the last couple of years talked about you know, at all the conferences and mm-hmm. seminars. I think that's why CrossFit does so well. Their community is so well done. Like, yeah, you can open a CrossFit in like the middle of nowhere and people will show up. Yeah. Love, love or hate their programming. I mean, people criticize it and some people love it. Look, they nailed the community aspect, man. I mean, it's a tight knit group, you know, you, you can't argue with that. It's awesome. That's why I like even like those running clinics or like cycling clinics. Those are huge too, because One common thing is that you're doing, say, cycling, and you bring 20 other people that do that. You become friends, and now you can't let them down. You absolutely can't. And uh, you know, that's. I'm giving a talk to a running group, running group tomorrow, and you know, a ton of people show up. You know, from all different, all different parts, and they just show up to run. You know, some fast, some, some. You know, all different times. Uh, You know, I think that's really cool. I was actually talking to a guy. He was telling me a story. His dad lost a bunch of weight because he he joined a running group. He was overseas. And he decided, you know, I'm done with the running group. Well, the coach called him up and said, hey, do you know so-and-so? And And I guess this woman loved this group so much, just the the friends she met there and everything. Mm -hmm. And the coach said, hey, look, if you don't come, I'm not going to let this person show up. I'm going to kick her out of the group. Yeah. And like, I'm like, wow, that's a little harsh, but you know yeah. what? He showed up cause he didn't want to let her down, you know? So it's the power of the group, man. It's, it's the pack mentality. Uh, it, it's awesome. That's actually on running. Do you find it hard to kind of convince the hardcore, like trail runner, marathon runner to start strength training? Oh, it's like, <laughs> it's, you know, <laughs> it's like, Oh, it's impossible. Yeah. You know, if I can get them to do five pushups, they're like, oh, I hate strength training. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, you come on, <laughs> you know, just do, do a couple rows, will you, you know? Uh, yeah, you know, whenever I try to, you know, put, put together, if I'm putting together someone's exercise program and nutrition program, I try to make it 90% things they like. And sometimes I'm like, look, there's going to be 10% where I know you don't like to do it, but just it's going to benefit everything else. So just do it. And usually that's, it kind of lowers that barrier a little bit. So, you know, for a runner, I've had runners do five squats and five pull-ups every day, you mm-hmm. know, or, or, or things like that, where they'll forget they even did it and it'll have a big, uh, big benefit. And then you get some more buy-in and then they'll start showing up a little more, a little more, Hey, you know what? My ankle doesn't hurt anymore, you know, or, you know, Hey, I'm not getting, my posture is getting better. So little, little bit of nibbles and then you get buy-in. And I think that's, that's a big one. Yeah. I, I've always had a tough sell on runners on strength training. It's like, you know, it'll improve your running and they just got to stare at you like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It, it's, it, it supports your running. I mean, not, nothing gets you in more shape, you know, for running than running, but yeah. look at the injury rates in runners, man. I mean, so I think, you know, like if you got like a group of runners and you got one of them out of pain, boom, you got all of them. Yeah. So, and, and you just got to hit the, uh, hit the group leaders there and, and kind of be advocates for you. But, you know, runners are one of those groups where they're tough to get to do strength training, but once you do, they'll, they're lifers, man. They'll, 
they'll be they'll be with you for life. With like kind of like the runner population, I find sometimes they're almost like because they're so passionate about it, they'll start reading more about it, and then <laughs> they'll like find a random program and they think they can do their own strength training. Do you think a regular Joe type of person can like create their own program and do this whole thing on their own or should they look for help? I mean, I think they can. I mean, just like anything else though, you could do your own finances, but, uh, sometimes hiring a financial coach is a, is a good option. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't discourage that. And I think the internet could be a scary place, but I think you could stumble on some good programs. Uh, so it really just depends, um, what they find, but you know what the runners who I've had success with in the past usually have tried something else and they, they're already in the habit of doing a little bit of that strength training and I just improve it a little bit. So yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm totally okay with self-experimentation cause you know what, they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I find those kind of groups will like usually find a group class or something or a new one that's popping up now is uh orange theory have you heard of that yeah the heart, the heart rate training groups yeah. yeah it's like i think it was like you go on the treadmill for 10 minutes free weights for 10 minutes and the rower for 10 minutes and then you're out of there right right you know what i mean i understand the model i mean and if if it works for some people it works but uh i was, I was a couple of years ago when i was in utah i and this might just be the specific chain with this specific manager, but uh, this particular person was specializing as a physical therapist in cardio uh, therapy, and he asked the manager what he thought of, what he does with people on beta blockers, and the guy looked at him like I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know what? For a healthy person who wants to get a good pump and get a good good sweat, sounds like a cool model. Uh, I would just be cautious on on who walks in there, you know, um, what they're walking in with. So. Uh, just like anything, you know, healthy people can survive it. People with issues are going to break down. Yeah, definitely. I find like there's so much crap out there in our industry and it's kind of hard for a regular person to figure out if it's good for you or not. Yeah. And now with like social media, you'll see like a guy with shirtless like selfies in every single photo and he's an online trainer. <laughs> there's a lot of those, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the marketing is just so tough, but, you know, instead of getting frustrated, I just try to improve what I can improve, you know, and become a better coach. And, and I think if we all did that, I think eventually we'd, we'd win out, you know? Yeah. Uh, so. so going back to like what we we're talking about, the spouses and everything, you wrote an article called uh, quit dieting. Your kids are watching. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you feel like a lot of parents and adults can you know jump from one diet to the next and let themselves like go through that pain and torture and then you know with their kids they wouldn't want anything like that and why can't they just take their own advice yeah well that's human nature right why do some yeah. parents smoke and why do you know and yeah it's tough you know when you're when you're doing it you know when you're jumping into a yo-yo diet you think you're getting healthy, right? This is, this is, I'm doing this for the family. Like I'm here and I want to get that. And it's only after the fact, when you look back, you're like, yeah, that wasn't that, you know, yeah. that the grapefruit diet wasn't that great, you know? <laughs> uh, so I, I think we just, we're humans. We get clouded by our own, you know, uh, emotions and, and judgment. And I don't think they're thinking that this is bad and I don't want my kids to see. I, I don't, I just don't think they realize it, you yeah. know? And there's some decent studies now showing that, 
there is big influence and they were studying, they saw it more in girls with their moms, but now they're just starting to study, um, fathers and their, and their kids. And they're seeing the same trends of, you know, you pick up on those things. Uh, so I just think awareness is the key there. I don't think should be, there should be a blame game, but I think parents, you know, should be made aware like when they're going through the, you know, when we've seen like doctor visits and, and all that, I think, they should have a family counseling with like a dietitian or, or someone knowledgeable where, Hey, you know what? This is, this is a real thing. Here's some data. Uh, let's make sure that you're doing the right things. And, and, you know, you want to be a good influence everywhere, right? You know, finances and, and school and, and all these things set a good example. I just don't think that's on people's radar. You know, I just don't think they think about it. Yeah. Like it's, it's tough because sometimes they just, just don't know any better, right? And right. Like I've seen, I've been watching a lot of like Netflix documentaries on the obesity epidemic in the States and like they follow a family around and they're shopping in the grocery store and they think they're buying healthy foods, but even though the box says low fat, it's just pumped with sugar and they have no idea why they can't lose any weight. Right. No, I know it's the classic, you know, the bacon is gluten-free, right? So it must be <laughs> yeah. good for me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, it's the typical, um, you know, sit down. Okay. I don't, yeah, it must be my broken metabolism. I don't know why I can't lose weight. Okay. What do you eat? You know, and then you see the, the granolas and the, you know, and all that. And it's, it's very, um, it's not very protein dense and all that, but you know, Hey, it's low fat. It has, it looks like it has a fruit on the label and, uh, it must be good. And, you know, it's just a knowledge gap there. Uh, sometimes it's just a big, big knowledge gap. And, um, uh, that's something we got to break through, but yeah, it's, it's, it's scary when you look at, you know, some of these kids and the habits they're going to come, you know, in, in 10, 15 years when they're adults, they're going to have to break some, some tough habits. So it's just like anything else. I think targeting the, the youth is going to be the key for our future. Yeah. Like I like what Kevin Larrabee's doing where he's training a lot of kids that are, you know, 11, 12, 13, and that's kind of, you know, prime time to, get them active even like you saying like there's some kids that he trains that play no sports and this is like their activity that their parents signed up for and and like at least you can like ingrain them that hey you know after school go run around lift some weights maybe and you're good to go yeah you know i mean that's where it starts you know any any kind of change that you need it starts with the the younger generations and I wish I started at 16. I wish I started earlier, but I mean, I'm, I'm glad I started when I did, but there's some people I work with who've never had any experience, never played sports, never lifted weights. And, you know, they're in adulthood, uh, you know, so it's just a tough, it's a tough thing. And the world we live in, you know, these kids go to college and in college you're expected to take all these courses and have all these late nights and pull an all nighter to study and any habits they might've had before they can lose in college. Cause there's too much demanded of them and there's, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, then, then that whole cycle starts, gain some weight in college, graduate college, get a desk job Yeah. before you know it, you have a couple of kids and okay, wow, how'd I get here? So I think at every level we need some intervention that, that, that's going to create education and create that, you know, that mindset. So what else do you think that, you know, with most people, why they fail trying to, you know, eat better or exercise more? What do you think is, kind of the main driver that is holding them back? Yeah, well, I think the answer is actually in the question sometimes, you know, it's eat healthy and get more activities. What does that really mean? Mm -hmm. You know, I I think there's no 
clear direction there. And there's no, like I said earlier, there's no system like, oh yeah, I'm going to eat better. Well, okay. What specific steps are we going to take? How are we going to measure it? And how are we going to change it if it doesn't work? You know, I don't think those questions are asked enough uh, where it's like, okay, I'll do better. I'll do better. And that, that doesn't mean anything to me. And then that, that never works. So I just think having a, the reason most people fail at it is two reasons. One, there's no system of checks and balances and seeing exactly what we need to do. Just like, like in finances, right? You have a checking account, you have money in it or you don't have money in it. If you don't have money in it. You're going to take steps to look through your budget and see where you can have more money. We don't have, we don't have that. And number two, I think a lot of people are, they're, they're in contemplation mode, but everything that's marketed is action mode. You know, every program out there, everything is really geared to people who are ready to change. Bridging that gap is very important. I don't think that happens enough. So a lot of times I have people, they'll, they'll ask for, you know, coaching or whatever, and we'll talk. And I say, like, you know what? I don't know if you're in the right stage right now to jump in. And we talk about pre-program things to work on, you know, drinking a little more water during the day and or getting a little bit more sleep, little things that they can dabble, get their feet wet, and then they're ready. So they'll be more ready when they're, you know, they know what they're getting into when they jump in. So I think people who aren't ready sometimes think they are ready and then they kind of go the opposite way. So I just think we have to bridge that gap a little better for people of, hey, here's what it's going to take. You know, here's some things you can work on in the meantime while you're getting in that right, you know, in the right time of your life to try this. And you don't have to just jump in and do all this. You can you can get your feet wet. You know, it's not on or off. Uh, and I think that's really where we have to go with things. Yeah, I also try to get people to kind of set realistic expectations. Right. Like, you know, they think they can lose a bunch of weight really quickly. And, it's right. just, and then they're like, just done, right? But, <laughs> but also like with the marketing out there too, right? You can go anywhere and see like, oh, a 30-day challenge, a 14-day cleanse. You're going to lose this much weight. Yeah. Like... And they think that's like normal, like, oh, I can just go to the gym for a couple months and done. <laughs> yeah, I'll go on that cruise and I'll look like, you know, uh, Channing Tatum or whatever. But <laughs> yeah. uh, it's tough. And so I think the best, the, the most successful people are the ones who've actually failed with those things a few times. Uh, it's always tough, a tough sell to someone who's never tried anything. It's a tough sell to say, you know, it's going to be difficult. There are going to be some pitfalls and it's going to take a little time because then they're going to go online and read about a 14 day cleanse and go do it. And you know what? I say, you know what? Hey, I don't, I said, go do it. You know, I mean, I hope it works, you know, in my head, I'm like, I don't think it will, but, uh, usually they'll, they'll come back and say, okay, you know, I get it now. So I I think that, that dieting experience actually can be an advantage there. Have you had any like clients like you were kind of just saying that came up to you and say, hey, I'm going to do this cleanse. What do you think? Or they're just going to do it regardless of what you say to them. Yeah, they're going to do it anyway, generally. <laughs> yeah. So I try to support it as best I can. And I and I and the big thing I always go over is if it's a 14-day cleanse, what are we going to do on day 15? You know, yeah. uh, And I have something in place for them that, you know, if they fail at it early or if they complete it and are like just miserable or, you know, and sometimes this does definitely happen. They did it and it really kind of worked well. Um, so just having something in place, like, okay, what are we going to do after? How are we going to keep you afloat? How are we going to keep it going? And, and I think, I think people will be much more willing to work with you and, and be encouraged by that rather than being like, Oh, that's stupid. Don't do it. You know, it's like, well, unless it's really dangerous, it's like, go yeah. ahead do it. You know, go ahead. Let's go do it. 
add stuff? Because I remember I had one client where she wanted to do the Bernstein diet. Do you know what that one is? The Bernstein. Oh, is that the is that the blood type one? Um, it's like one you eat eight hundred calories. And okay. then on, because you're deficient in all these vitamins and minerals, <laughs> they get you to go to a clinic where they inject you with all those vitamins and minerals to kind of keep you okay. going. All so right. it's like, awesome, first of all. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to convince you to stop because I know you're already set into this. So yep. one, your workouts are going to be like complete minimal. Like, I don't want you passing out. And she understood, whatever. And then... She comes in, I think after her like third day into it, and then in the warm up, she like literally faints into me, and I'm like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool case study. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, try it. Why not? Let's see what happens. But yeah, I think you know, by the time they bring it up to you that they're going to do it, they've already decided to do it. They're just yeah. looking. For, they're just looking to for you to kind of give the nod of approval, and if you don't, someone else will. Yeah. So I think to keep them, it's it's yeah, let's do it, but here's, here's some, here's some dangers. What are we going to do if these things happen? And just, and just have a, have a, you know, have a life, life jacket ready for them. And I think it, it'll be fine. Yeah. I always try to tell people if whatever they hear online or on TV, just ask yourself, can you do this diet or take these pills for the rest of your life? Right. <laughs> and like, right. if not, then yeah, you can lose all the weight in that time frame, And then when you go back to your normal eating, you're probably going to get it all back. Yeah. I, I, and and Hey, sometimes they're like, look, I know it's temporary, but I want to get a boost. Okay. As long as those expectations are there and, and things are in place, it, it, it could work. Um, you know, my experience, cause I used to do that. Oh, I don't do that. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, they're going to do it anyway. So you can make more of a difference in their lives if, if it's okay, let's do it. But what happens if this, this, and this, and how are we going to keep it going? I think that's, that's key. Do you ever find that you have some clients that kind of bring up excuses all the time? Like, you know, they're supposed to same, um, fill out a sheet on what they're eating, like a food log, for example, and they right. do like one day and you're like, Oh, so where are the other two days? You're like, Oh, well, you know, work was crazy. I couldn't <laughs> get home in time. Or they like miss their sessions here and there every week and they're constantly giving you excuses. Yeah. Oh, I've had a couple of those. Yeah. One or, one or two. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's kind of the best approach to, you know, kind of get to them and be like, Hey, honestly, you've been doing this for a year now, for example. And you're not really getting anywhere. Like, do you ever confront clients or do you kind of oh, nudge of them? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> How does that yeah, conversation yeah. go? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it, it, one, it can't be an accusation cause they're just going to put up a defense shield and you know, the, the excuses will continue. And you know, two, it's tough. I get it. Things happen. So I just approach it as, Hey, you know, what's going on? I just want to be here. I'm just here to help you the most I can. So how can I better help you? And then usually that leads to a pretty good conversation where they kind of open up and say, okay, what's really going on? And you could have a more candid conversation, but if it's in, they all, I think, I think there's that trust issue where you're the coach and sometimes they almost expect you to kind of scold them or, you know, they're almost, you know, I've, a lot of times when people don't, don't fill out their sheet or do something. It's because they're, they're embarrassed by what they ate and they think you're going to, you know, say things to them. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I bring that shield down and say, look, you know, I, I eat chocolate chip cookies. I, I, you know, I did this yesterday or whatever. It's no big deal. 
uh, the more they understand that and have that trust, I think the more they'll be like, okay, yeah, okay. You know, that's, that's what we'll do. Um, so I just think it's breaking down that barrier of coach client relationship and, uh, just saying, Hey, you know what, what's going on? How can we make this easier for you to complete? Because obviously, you know, there's, you're, you're having some things going on. Uh, how do we set this up? And when they have input, when, when we have, we're humans, right? When we have our own input and our own ideas, we'll do better. So I think just kind of coaxing that out of them is, is going to be key. And then they'll say, oh yeah, you know what, well, it is this and, you know, tough hours at, at work, but I think I can do the better here. And then, okay, great. Let's, let's do that. So if it's more autonomous, I think people will do better. Yeah, I find that like now, ever since I started this podcast, and always kind of get people's opinions about nutrition. It mm-hmm. always ends up like never what you should be eating or not eating or how, whatever your macros should be. It's more like human behavior and what's going on with your life. And that's yeah. what you kind of have look, to dive into. Look, if you ate three square meals, didn't snack, and got pretty good sleep, and you'd lose weight. I mean, let's be honest. We've figured it out. We know how to get people bulked up. We know how to get people to drop fat and everything in between. We just know how to do it. Yeah. Uh, it's doing it now. That's the, that's the big gap. Yeah. And, and, you know, in society, it's, it's a badge of honor to work 50, 60 hours a week. And it's, you know, not get sacrificed sleep because we have to get better at our job or whatever. And it's, so we're kind of fighting against our, our environment and our societal norms. And it's just, it, it's tough. You know, it's just really, there's no way around it. It's, it's really hard. Yeah, I find it like really interesting when I talk to a client and you kind of like pick at it a little bit here and there and eventually they open up and they like tell you that I'm going through a divorce and everything's upside down. I just, I just can't do anything. And I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. And like there's always that kind of like that root cause of why someone can't really get over mm-hmm. the hump for like getting healthy, at least for me. No, it's, it's true. And in that contract I was talking about where I kind of lay out what to expect, I also put in there that you could take a time out whenever you want. Mm -hmm. You know, I think with like a coaching relationship, people are afraid to say, Hey, I got to back off. So they just don't show up anymore or they don't return emails or they don't return texts and just kind of disappear because it's just an easier break. But, and that used to happen from time to time, you know, when something come up people's lives, they would almost be embarrassed to need a break. But I tell them up front, look, Things happen, man. And if you're not, if your head's just not in the game and you're just not ready, I'm here for you. Just take it, just, Hey, take a time out. And you know what? I mean, usually it's a day or two and they're back when they understand, when they yeah. feel more comfortable with that, uh, instead of losing that person forever, it's, it's, it's much more important to just say, Hey, you know what? I'm here to help you. So if there's something going on and you need a break or you need to just take it easy, let me know how I can help you. I, I think that's a better coaching coaching relationship there. Uh, and that's something I've had to work on over the years too. You know, it's, you know, when you're a passionate coach and you really want to help people, you just want to grab people by the neck and be like, just yeah. do it, you know? And it, and I think that's the sign of a good coach, but it's also the sign of a good coach for the people who don't do that, you know, and you can restrain yourself on that and, and just be like, look, Hey, you know what? It's up to you. you it's your body. It's your health. I'm here to help you. Let me know how I can help you. So do you ever find like some common like signs where people need a break from training or just a little breather? Yeah, you'll see people either miss a session or two or, or say, ah, oh, you know, this is coming up and that becomes like a week that comes into a second week. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, when they're not getting enough sleep, all of a sudden there's a new stressor in their life. Uh, sometimes, you know, hey, 
you need more time to sleep or time to yourself. And you know what? Exercise is something you can cut for a little while because it, if it's that or less time with your kid, what are they going to choose? Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think those patterns of getting less sleep, kind of being a little, you know, just a little moodier, not being themselves, missing a few sessions or missing a couple phone calls, or if they normally return emails in a day, they're returning it in three days. Yeah. I'll usually, I'll usually just say, Hey, you know what, just what's going on. I mean, just, just making sure you're okay. And, and usually it's something came up, you know, there was a, um, a, something with your job or, or kid and say, okay, Hey, you know what? I just need you to do these two little things, keep that up. And then when you're ready in a few weeks, we'll, we'll kick it back up again. And that, that I found a lot more success that way. Nice. Uh, so to wrap up, what would be your like top three keys to success for long-term weight loss? Mm-hmm. Well, the main thing is meal structure. So I don't care if you have six meals a day, two meals a day or whatever, pick one that works with your life and stay with it. Because the number one thing I've found, you know, how people gain weight and how they don't lose it is it's that snacking, it's that grabbing, it's that not eating around a structured time, uh, just increases calories so much. Mm -hmm. So I found success just, just by saying, Hey, look, how about three meals a day, man? No snacks. Boom. I mean, we get weight loss or, or Hey, I don't care. Six meals a day. Fine. Whatever it is, you can't change anything else if you don't have a structure to change it off of. You know, we can't talk about portions or quality if we don't have a, a structure there. Like, well, what meal are we going to add that to? I don't know. When do you eat? Eh, whenever I'm hungry. It's like, so let's, you know, using the, let's say we use uh, three meals and a snack, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then the conversation's a lot easier. Okay, now that you're doing three meals and a snack, well, then we could talk about how to portion you know, quality of food, what types of foods should be in those meals. But until we have that, it doesn't matter. So that's number one. Number two is portion. Uh, you know, whether, you know, I don't usually count calories with people, but some people do and that's fine. But, uh, if you're, let's say you're doing three meals and a snack, well, did breakfast carry you to lunch? If, if it did great, if it didn't, let's change those meals around a little bit or let's increase it or decrease it. Uh, so it's really meal structure portion. And then I would put resistance training at number three, um, you know, just to maintain your muscle mass when you're in a deficit and, uh, keep the fat loss coming. So those are the big three, uh, for weight loss. You know, when, when I have a client who's not really interested in weight loss and they just want to get healthy or get off of medication, it comes down to sleep and food quality, you know, but not that those two things aren't important for weight loss, but if you don't have the the meal structure, the portion, and the and some resistance training, it it's a, it's a moot point. Okay. Now to wrap it up, if you could tell people where uh, where you, they can find you online, social media, and if you have any like projects coming up, books, presentations, anything like that. I do, yeah. So <laughs> it's it's um, I've always struggled with the online. Uh, you know, people who know me laugh because I—they're lucky. I like—I'm lucky I can answer an email. Like I'm terrible with uh, <laughs> with that. So I hired somebody. We're doing more. So it's markhalpernsblog.com. I'll be putting more up there. Uh, I write for Breaking Muscles, so you could search me on there. That's usually two articles a month. Uh, I also write some articles for On Target Publications. That's uh, Larry Draper, and uh, you know they do Dan John's books. Uh, Dave Draper just has a new book out through them. So I, I have a couple articles with them. And uh, I'm working on that that point system I I discussed. Uh, So by November, I will have that available as an ebook. 
And cool. uh, so it'll be the whole system. It'll be some sample meal plans using that system just to kind of get you an idea of what that is. So I'll have that available on my site. And uh, that's, that's, that's the big projects right now, trying to get through the end of the year. Awesome. Uh, so I just want to thank you for all your time. This was great. Yeah, at any time. Of course, it's been awesome. Guys, got a got an all star lineup already on your on your podcast. I'll, I'm bringing it down. <laughs> no, 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 you're great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is going to wrap up episode 22 with Mark. So I want to keep you guys in the loop. If you follow me on Facebook, you already got a little preview. But a couple weeks ago, I posted a photo of the first prototype of the official cut the shit, get fit workout t-shirt. Now I will be putting together the first official order. So if you guys want more information, feel free to email me at rafael at empowerhp.ca or just, you know, tag me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and I'll give you more information and more photos, but I'll be sporting that shirt a lot the upcoming weeks to kind of promote it and hopefully you guys will jump on the train of getting another workout t-shirt so you can sport cut the shit get fit podcast and uh, we'll see you guys next time